Side left, Martinez to the right, they score! Carlson back and forth with Martinez! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Petrangelo scores! Two markers for Petrangelo! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard, Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 home of the... We are underway, ladies and gentlemen. Training camp 2021 has started with the medicals and the media day and all those fancy shots that you'll see on the television broadcast on AT&T Sportsnet and inside the arena. And tomorrow we get underway 10 a.m. City National Arena with workouts, on-ice workouts, and you are welcome to attend. Just wear your mask and enjoy the action. Uh, scheduled to be a scrimmage somewhere in and around there, but uh, mm-hmm. practice is subject to change. Just want to put that asterisk down there. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we're off and running, and Kelly McCrimmon is going to speak to the media this afternoon, and we will bring you that media conference as he uh, sets the stage for this fifth season for the Vegas Golden Knights. This is the last show of this season where we will not have something to reflect on tomorrow we'll be able to talk about the first workout the first scrimmage we'll have something to evaluate this is the kind of the last of of the era uh before we get down and into it you're absolutely right and you know as as much fun as these shows where you're kind of looking ahead you're kind of hopeful for what the future is going to bring what the season's going to look like while they can be very fun it, it's a lot more interesting to show up every day and have something to go over have something to react to have something that that you analyze and bring to the table so uh, as much fun as as these shows over the last couple of weeks have been I, I cannot wait to get into the meat and potatoes of the season and that really does start tomorrow uh, Today, we are going to unveil our Mount Rushmore of the VGK 2021-22 edition. So this is not the VGK all-time. This is strictly this year's team. And who are the four faces that you put on the VGK's Mount Rushmore for the fifth season? And I can tell you what, it'll be different than years one, two, three, and four. Uh, I'm very curious to see both the listeners' reaction to it. Maybe we'll open the phone lines for a couple of minutes uh, in hour mm. number two. And and Twitter, social media's uh, Mount Rushmore for 2021. How uh, many people put the coach on there? Because uh, in some sports, the coach carries uh, so much weight and is a face of the franchise. And that's basically what we're asking for, the four faces uh, of the franchise. Uh, you talk about the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick is definitely uh, on, on any given year, uh, every given year. Uh, he is on the Patriots' Mount Rushmore. Uh, you uh, t- Sometimes it's the owner, too. 
uh, would you put mm-hmm. Bill Foley because of what he's been able to accomplish and 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 put forward from a financial standpoint and vision standpoint. And now you're in year number five, th- three uh, uh, appearances uh, going deep in in the playoffs uh, out of the first four years. So uh, I, I'm I'm very um, interested in what the breakdown will be: players, coaches, management, uh, and or uh, owner. Yeah, I, I, you know, again, I, I think it's going to be interesting more, more so to find out where the fans are at because, you know, I, I think I have a pretty good gauge on where Chapman might go. As, as for you, Darren, William um, Carlson I, cannot be on his Mount Rushmore more than once. Wh- why? Well, okay, but it'll be on there at least one time. Yeah, right. But, like, he, but he can't like, put three William Carlsons on there. Hold on. Do you think he leads with William Carlson? Yes. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I figure it's batting cleanup. Like he'll save that one for you. You know what uh, Chapman's only regret is that that his Mount Rushmore isn't like a peak <laughs> of a mountain where he could where he so he he can't put William Carlson's face on the front and then the flow on the backside of the mountain. That's his only regret. You know what? That's that's actually a, a true statement. I, <laughs> I have a kind of un, I I kind of feel like I know where you're going with it too. Uh, but I, I wonder where fans are at, and, and that I think is where where I'm kind of most interested in terms of this upcoming season. Who are your faces? What direction does that does that mean for the fan base as they are watching this team this year? Uh, that's going to be the most intriguing part of this exercise for me. Not what you have to say, not what Chapman has to say, mm-hmm. not even what I have to say, but what the fans have to say. And I'm not going to go pure popularity. I should set uh, that right there. Uh, I'm not going to go with uh, necessarily the the guy that's selling the most jerseys. Uh, my my Mount Rushmore is going to be uh, about uh, the importance and roles uh, of the team, and so I I think I'm probably going to be a slightly left of center uh, than than what the the fans will be, which is kind of where you'd expect a, a media member uh, to come in at, but uh, I. I I don't know how far off I'll be. Maybe maybe it'll be a surprising one where where we're closer than than I predict. I think that all three of us will have at least two names in common. Chance. That's that's my prediction. No, no, not chance. Love chance, not chance. No okay. chance. So. Um... Does that mean I'm going to be the Darren, only one with got, chance? You've you've got time to go back and change it. Yeah, you may want to reevaluate oh, that one, pal. Look at look at my sheets already all messed up, and now I've got to go <laughs> oh, scribble man. back and uh, and you, go through. You know, it. Larry just chimed in on Twitter. He said, "Chance for all four. So you're not alone, Darren. How, how do you you're keep track of that? Like, what how do you do you, tweets just pop up, and then all of a sudden you're there? I don't know yeah, how it's a beautiful you multitask thing. like that. It's amazing. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Your ability to multitask is staggeringly uh, efficient and should be mm-hmm. commended. Well, well thank you. I will take that. Uh, no, what I'm saying is this beautiful thing called TweetDeck. I've shown it to I you. I know you you have an idea of how to use it marginally. We're going to work on that for you this year so that you can be a 
bigger presence on social media and maybe reach more than just your 122,000 followers. Which I, is still way behind Vince Scully. Which is way behind Vince Scully. But I usually have my email <laughs> up and my, my, my text messaging up, and uh, that's what I'm, what I'm looking at, that, that kind of interaction. So I rely on you. You, you bring that uh, to the table, and yeah, you're really good at it. I won't compete there, but I'm just always impressed the way you can uh, turn it around and, and bring it to us. So Brian um, uh, McCormack was on the other day uh, dropping names. I'm going to drop a couple of names uh, today later in the show just regarding our news and notes segment and, and what's happening mm-hmm. in and around uh, the National Hockey League as things crank up uh, for the start of training camp. And there's some uh, injury news to tell you about and some different players that uh, have reported to camp uh, with uh, question marks around them. So uh, that's coming up in our one-timers segment in our number two. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon's news conference is on the way. Uh, we talked about the top five stories with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, going into uh, this season. Now that we've covered that broad scope, when you look at the Golden Knights at training camp, how many jobs do you think are legitimately up for grabs at this two-week endeavor to get ready for this National Hockey League season? You know, that's that's an interesting question. I, I look at the back end for the Golden Knights, and I don't know that there is really a job to be won in terms of defense, right? So you've got McNabb, you've got Petrangelo, you've got Theodore, you've got Martinez, White Cloud, Haig, and Coughlin. I think that those are going to be the seven defensemen that the Golden Knights go into the season with. It doesn't mean that you you can't have some good showings from young defensemen uh, within the organization, but I just don't think that there's enough there to push uh, one of those seven guys out of contention. So I think the defense for the Golden Knights is pretty much all set. I think goaltending is obviously all set. So you look toward the forwards, right? You look toward um, whether or not Peyton Krebs can push himself into the lineup. And where I view kind of everything that's happening here over the course of, of this training camp, that's really the big story for me as to whether or not Peyton Krebs can push himself onto the roster. Because if he can't, I think what we've seen or what we're looking at right now from the Golden Knights is what they're going to go with in terms of their forwards. How it all shakes out is going to be another matter. Peyton Krebs making that stride towards uh, a National Hockey League spot will definitely be aided by what he did last season. In Not, sure. not all the teams that he, and the ability to be uh, resilient and adapt in difficult situations, but the experience of playing in the National Hockey League. While it was a short period, uh, you you look at uh, the base of the bubble uh, the previous year and uh, under the tutelage of Derek Englund, and then being in and around the team last year. I think that gives a strong uh, push and boost going into it. But like, he, he's... He's got to play well uh, to be able mm-hmm. to get yeah. in because of what they've done in in bringing in names and athletes who have more experience to fill that third line spot. No, you're absolutely right. And you know, again, we we look at the fact that if nothing changes in the top six for the Golden Knights, you have players like Evgeny Dadanov, Nolan Patrick, Matthias Yanmark. 
Brett Howden, Nick Waugh, all kind of vying for that that ability, that potential to play there on the third line for the Vegas Golden Knights. I think it'll be Patrick and Dadnov with another winger. Is that going to be Yanmark? That's kind of where I'm leaning, but I'm not entirely sure as, as to how things are going to shake out in camp. And then in terms of your fourth line, you've got Brett Howden, you've got Nick Waugh. Those are two players that I think are, are really vying for uh, that fourth line pivot role. We know Keegan Colasar is is an NHL player and, and one that kind of has the puck follow him around during uh, regular season games. So uh, they, this is an incredibly deep team, especially now in the bottom six, and it's going to be hard for Peyton Krebs to crack that. Yeah, there's options there. More than yeah. you necessarily would believe when you evaluate this team going from from year to year, uh, it, it at first blush, you're like, geez, there's there's a lot of carryover. It's just going to be the, the basically the same team. But that bottom six, it's mm-hmm. going to be a dogfight, and and not just to make the bottom six, but a real interesting um, decision on who who plays on that third line. Can somebody mm-hmm. jump up? Like Will Carrier, does he? Do you see him as a player that can eventually, if he gets, because he works hard with Misha Donskov uh, throughout the year yeah. on on the individual skill part. Is there going to be a point where he makes a push to be on a third line and 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 play more minutes? He plays the fewest minutes on on the team. He gets chances, like for a minute to chance ratio. <laughs> He might be number one on the team for opportunities. Uh, he doesn't finish enough, mm-hmm. and that uh, obviously is is one of the reasons why he plays the role that he does. Uh, brings energy, uh, gets chances, but needs to finish more. If he was able to ever finish more, does he make a push? Uh, Nick Waugh, we, we kind of forget uh, the fact that he went on a heater towards the end of last year. Yeah. And really made uh, a strong showing, and has made strong showings uh, in different stretches in a, in a playoff series. And could he put himself in a position to be on the third line and supplant somebody and and move them down? So it's not just making the game night roster. I think you're going to see some shuffling and some real battles for uh, moving up. The depth chart, and and will always be following. He, he's he's the uh, no respect guy, Chandler Stevenson, uh, in the center ice <laughs> position. He just he, nobody wants to buy in. You talk to anybody around the league, and the one yeah. thing that they'll say is Chandler Stevenson. Uh, they need a number one center. Like, I don't yeah. buy it, and I defend I defend him because I think he brings so much. But he will. Uh, people just want to say it. So when there, when it, and if it ever happens, they're like, "Told you, they need they, they need another, <laughs> they need a number one center." He he brings so much to the table that that we don't see because he he brings the best out of Patchetti and Stone. They play their best. They've had career years with Chandler Stevenson, so that has to mean something beyond just Chandler Stevenson's skill set alone. Uh, but in saying that, it will be a, a discussion throughout the year, and when Pete, during a flat spot, decides to change things up mid-game, uh, everybody's going to go, ah, they finally did it. But I, <laughs> I see it staying the same, 
but I do anticipate that at some point uh, it will be a conversation. I, I think I'm resigned to the idea that we are going into the season with the same top six. I, I don't know that that's necessarily a, a bad thing, to be mm-hmm. completely honest with you, because you know what you have in the misfit line. You know how well Stone, Pacioretty, and Stevenson work together. So when you're trying to start the season off on the right foot and you have new players that are coming in that you're going to try to acclimate as best you can, and you have uh, Alex Tuck not in the lineup, I-, I think that you want to try to have as much familiarity as possible to try to bank as many points early on in the season because we know how important that's going to be for Vegas. I do also look at this as as a great opportunity for Nolan Patrick, a great opportunity for Nick Waugh, a-, a great opportunity for a-, a guy like you mentioned in William Carrier to have an opportunity because of the injury to Tuck to potentially play on the third line, get looks in those situations. And the guy that's going to win the job is the guy that's going to be consistent in that role. And it's it's a good thing for the Golden Knights and Pete DeBoer to have three or four different options that you can plug into that spot. I think if Jenny Dadnov is the swing guy for me, could play in your third line, could play in your second line, heck, mm-hmm. could play in your first line if he gets hot enough. Uh what what percentage do you think just and i'm not asking this to to contradict you but i i know i've got a different opinion on it and mm-hmm. i'll give you my percentage uh, after you i just don't want to influence exactly where you're going to go uh mm-hmm. what percentage do you think you give starting the season with the same top six the misfit line and then stevenson patcheretti stone um, I, I would say before seeing anything in terms of practices and, yeah. and preseason yeah. games, I'd say probably somewhere in the ballpark of like seventy-five to eighty percent. No, I thought you'd be higher than that. Mm, I mean, I'm I'm giving myself a little bit of. I think you room backed here. off because uh, because of me putting you on the spot there. I think I. I mean, I still think you. seventy-five. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll stick at eighty <laughs> percent. I'll stick at eighty uh, percent. Seven exhibition games. He's never had a chance to toy with the roster. I think you're going to see a lot of different combinations with your top six. Yeah. And not just because there's different players in the lineup and you've, you've got uh, an opportunity to play some rookies and then you pare down your roster as you go. N- not just because of that. I think legitimately Pete DeBoer is going to take advantage of an opportunity that he's never had in his time with the Vegas Golden Knights to put some different personnel together beyond just a practice or the back half of a game that's not going right. And I'm with you. I'm confident that that top six is going to look very familiar. But I would say it's probably 50 to 60% that it's exactly the same. I think there's going to be a tweak in there somewhere. And it's pro given my, my loyalty to Chandler Stevenson, I'd be a hypocrite yeah, exactly. if I went back and said uh, <laughs> that stone and Pacioretty uh, would be moved around. So it, it does lead me to expect that that second line might have some kind of uh, of different element to it. And uh, I don't know exactly which player that will be, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think it's a bad thing either 
because they're so good together that you can always go back to it and it's going to be a spark. Uh, but I would be curious to see what type of production, if you can, because Tuck's not in the lineup, and this has will have a lot to do with Alex Tuck, quite honestly. Right, right. You want more dangerous uh, options from that third line. Sure. And if that means pulling a, and it'll, it'll be one of the wingers, it would be uh, Marcia So or Smith, because William Carlson not playing on the third line. So now we're getting closer, right, uh, to, yeah. to where I'm going. Uh, if, if you can add, you want more depth. If you can add some of that depth, some of that experience, uh, and, and, and balance it out throughout your lineup, uh, which has kind of been a staple of, of this team, uh, I think you might want to do it. I think that's what they'll look at through training camp is is maybe moving one of the new faces up and one of the one of the familiar players down just to create a, a little more of a, a matchup advantage throughout their roster. Yeah, and, and it brings up an interesting question about, you know, kind of the tandems, right? The pairs that, mm-hmm. that you kind of want to keep together in terms of your forward core. And we know how good Marcius O'Carlson and Smith are. We know how good Carlson and Smith are when they are killing penalties together. And then you start getting into Yevgeny Dadnov likely being that guy. If I'm reading kind of between the lines there, that's that's kind of the guy I'm thinking you're you're looking at as being elevated into that second line role. Well, he's got so, the, the big numbers in a year. And, like he can play, and, he can right, play and, up and down. And like the the argument, I think is if you if you were kind of moving Dadnov in and moving Marcheseau down, you're you're essentially kind of getting a similar type of player that's going to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. We know how well Jonathan Marcheseau has done that over the course of his career here with the Vegas Golden Knights, and and then it gives you options of you know maybe a Marcheseau Patrick tandem if there's chemistry there um same thing with with riley smith like it'll be interesting to see if it goes that direction um i i have a tendency though to believe that game one opening night it's going to feel pretty familiar and i I, i'm gonna bump it up to 85 percent. how's that darren how's that for backing off i'm in around 55 and and (laughs) now you're doubling down i love it yeah it's good listen, stuff. Listen, when I when I first started going through the lines and started mm-hmm. ev- sort of evaluating where would I put because the, the new guys do complicate it in a good way. Sure. It's it's really easy to leave your your top 6 in stone with Stevenson and Patrietti, Marcheseau, Carlson and Smith together. It's it's really easy, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But if you have this opportunity to experiment, take advantage of it, and they will, of course. And then if you find something, and I think you will, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not give it a shot, and and see what see what you've got. No, I I'm with you, and in terms of kind of experimenting and trying to figure out a way to make your top nine as deep as possible. I think that that's well, well within what I'm hoping to see from the golden Knights. I have been lambasted many times on this program for speaking for Pete DeBoer, but I do look at this. No, 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 no. That's not wrong. 
No, yes. I, you've been lambasted for giving advice to Pete DeBoer. I'm not, not giving speaking, advice. I'm giving my opinion. for Pete DeBoer. Okay, that's fair. I have been lambasted for giving opinions on what you ask me on the program, and then you turn it around to say that I'm giving advice to Pete. Yes, you're absolutely right. That is a fair statement. That is 100% actually a thing that has happened. But my point is, I I hope that you're – like, in terms of all this, I hope you're more right than I am. Like, I hope that there's a lot of experimentation. I honestly would love to see – Game one, season opener, a different configuration to the top six. If it means that on on paper, on the whole, it makes the team deeper and more of a threat every single time they roll out their four lines. If that happens, I'm 100% on it because I like to see some things change sometimes. Give me your, give me your crazy top six. Give me your Oof. top six. That would raise eyebrows, but also you could sell me as as a real possibility because that means things are going right. A, a, a sort of a, a Patrick between Stone and Pacioretty with William Carlson alongside uh, Peyton Krebs and Jenny Dadnoff. Like so, some, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think kind of the, the crazy top six would more or less be um, Krebs in between Stone and Pacioretty and then Carlson, Marcheseau, and maybe Dadnoff. Like, uh, maybe... Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, No, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'd move Pacioretty down. So I would have a top line of Marcheseau, Carlson, and Stone. That intrigues me a little bit. Um, And then a second line of of Pacioretty, Krebs, and Dadnoff. (laughs) I like that's it. That's crazy. Yeah, that's like crazy, it. man. We do we do lines uh, all the time on our pregame show on AT and T Sportsnet, and and I mm-hmm. love it. But there's there was points last year, certain <laughs> stretches of games last year, where uh, Braden would be in my ear, our producer, a beautiful, yeah. wonderful producer, and he would say, "Okay, go to lines," and I wouldn't even have to look at the graphic, <laughs> like for multiple games in a row. And I wouldn't even have been told what the lines were. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been told whether there was a change, whether there wasn't a change. And I wouldn't even have to look at the graphic, and I would just go, there's your lines, and Stone's going for points in four straight games because they were the exact same. They didn't Mm -hmm. change a lot. Pete DeBoer has been really consistent with his lines, and with good reason. Uh, he's, He's I mean, this team's got the best winning percentage uh, in NHL history, and Pete DeBoer has an unbelievable record uh, coaching the Vegas Golden Knights. So why why would you change? But I think there's going to be – I'll have to pay attention a little bit more this year when Braden says, lines, <laughs> <laughs> including on the blue line. Uh, and, yeah. and you bring up, you bring up uh, Dylan Coughlin. I'll, I'll throw another mm-hmm. name at you. Uh, Daniel uh, Miramanov, and he's he's played in the KHL for the last couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, and he's six foot four. He's twenty three years old. I don't know how close he necessarily is, sure, to be making a push for that spot. But like he's big, and all the the poking around that I've done on him is he's played with men, and he's uh, he's had the pro experience. Not, 
the adjustment coming to to North America, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how long is, is that going to take? We'll see. But uh, in, in going through the training camp roster today, Shane Natty was making fun of me like crazy uh, because I'm so <laughs> I'm just so giddy about going through names yeah. and, and, and looking at stuff. But uh, but there was a guy that kind of just, he, one, he's a little bit older. He's 23. Mm-hmm. He's six foot four, and he played, he's got legitimate, KHL experience uh, behind him. I don't know what type of player he necessarily is, and I'm he'll be one of those players that I'm looking forward to watching tomorrow when we gather at City National Arena with all the fans and watch the first workout at uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. So you guys have mentioned Brett Howden, Nick Waugh, mm-hmm. but there's some, some other names, and I'm not going to ask you if or they won't make the team, but w- what does a guy like Gage Quinney or Sven yeah. Barchi or Jack Dugan or Patrick Brown, what would they need to do in training camp to crack that 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 opening night roster? Look, when they're healthy, Patrick Brown's not in the team. When there's an opening, Patrick Brown is one of the first guys that Pete is gonna look at. And how about Colasar? Yeah, yeah. Another guy? Col- same think, same I situation? Think, uh, I think Colasar's in the team. But uh uh, Patrick yeah, I, Brown, I'm with, Patrick, I'm with Patrick, Darren. Like there. Patrick Brown yep. is such a reliable player, and he's really—he's just—he's an athlete, and he's smart. And you put all that together, and you—you you got a really uh, productive and uh, a player that the coach can depend on in almost any situation. So I—that's. I, Gage Quinney's got skill, uh, can give you give you some jump, but they're they're bubble players, uh, and that's when you start getting players that are good who aren't on your roster. It's a really great luxury to have. Not every team in the National Hockey League has good players who aren't on your roster, and um, we can we could probably name off a half dozen right now. Uh, if you go through it, fortunately, we don't have time, but and we don't want to embarrass any other organization. But uh, Ottawa but, yeah, Senators. That's the, no, we're not going to name anybody. Uh, that's a really good thing to have when you talk about people like Patrick Brown. When you're fully healthy, wouldn't be on your team. And and give Patrick Brown credit. Like he he came to this organization and he made them put him in the lineup and bring him up in key situations in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So good on him. I'm 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 one of the biggest Patrick Brown fans there are out there because of the person that he is and how committed of an athlete he is. I've watched him run captain's practices and he is just he is a professional all the way along. I and I watch him and go like I could never do that. Like I, I'm just not professional <laughs> enough. I'm, I'm not that that type of person. I, I, mean, I, have, I have severe Patrick Brown envy on, on how he approaches things, and you got to be a special person to, to be able to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm with you um, on pretty much every point that you made there about Patrick Brown. He's, I think, one of those players that if if there are injuries, you know that he's going to be one of the first names uh, that gets that call up because you can trust him in so many different situations. You know exactly what you're going to get, and there's really not much um, in, in terms of of 
wondering what is going to happen if you put that player into the lineup. Pete DeBoer, the coaching staff, they know what to expect with him. So, um, but you know, all all things considered, fully healthy, um, he's he's just not on this team. I, and, I'm, and I wish that's, I wish I was like him. I wish you were like him. You're closer to being like him than I am, though. So yeah, I'm way closer. The, yeah, well, luck, I can't even that. follow the clock. Uh, we got to take a break. Well, when we continue, uh, what uh, Kelly McCrimmon has to say at the start of training camp and our Mount Rushmore of this year's VGK. Who are the four faces of the franchise? Let us know what you think on Twitter, and we'll open the phone lines for a little bit at the top of hour number two. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. I'm going to run through a few uh, one-timers for you during this segment because Kelly McCrimmon's uh, media conference is coming up. Uh, we're going to bring you that in its entirety when we uh, turn that around uh, from City National Arena, and I don't want to get squeezed, so there uh, there are some news and notes uh, from the medicals and the first day of uh, player appearances and media days from around the National Hockey League, and one of those uh, comes out of uh, good old Phoenix in Arizona. Uh, Phil Kessel will not participate mm-hmm. in Coyotes camp because of a Ooh. foot injury. Showed up today oh. with a boot. A boot. <laughs> not not a boot, like the, uh. way, the way we say uh, about. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but uh, but he's got a, uh, like a, I don't know whether you want to call it an official walking cast, but it's, sure. they, they termed it a walking boot, which we all use um, to, to get yeah. around on. Well, um, this probably uh, is is. You know, it's certainly a good thing for Phil, I guess. Um, not like, so Phil, much for the Arizona Phil's, This is Phil's dream. Yes. No, no training cap. I love uh, I love it. So I, uh, apparently he injured it uh, two or three weeks ago during training camp. Uh, or yeah, during training. It's, it's a bummer uh, for me to not be able to see Phil immediately in, these, uh, in those beautiful white Kachina jerseys. Uh, but, I mean, listen, I'm just excited for the day when Phil is going to throw that bad boy on for like a handful of games before he gets traded. So it's good. Do you know how many players around the National Hockey League are giggling that uh, <laughs> that Phil injured himself two or three weeks ago training? Yeah, I'm sure a ton. <laughs> what does that look like? Um, I've, I've told you guys stories about uh, about <laughs> Phil Kessel showing up at, at different camps. And doing one sprint and then leaving. <laughs> so yeah. Where are you going? Ah, I did my thing. Uh, Brady Kachuk, <laughs> here's some news for you. Okay. One of the uh, restrictive free agents that are out there. First mm-hmm. day of training camp in Ottawa, not there. Nope. Uh, Pierre Dorian did say that uh, negotiations and conversations are productive and positive, but still work to be done. How, how do you say they're productive and positive? Mm-hmm. When training camp starts, yep. and he's not there. Well, uh, because he's still technically um, full negotiating rights uh, with the Ottawa Senators. So, like, he hasn't been offer sheeted, so that's probably why. But if they're that productive and positive, no, I get it. the deal would be done. 
I, I I understand, but I mean it's all about spin right now. And if you're, you know, if you're Pierre Dorian or Pierre Maguire, uh, you want to make sure that your fan base doesn't get too alarmed that their future captain is not at the first day of training camp. So things are going well. Like Vancouver is really got a complicated cap situation mm-hmm. to try and fit both Hughes and Pedersen in, and yeah. it is difficult. Ottawa's got some some stuff there that they they've got wiggle room. That this is just a pure tough negotiation. That's what it is, and mm-hmm. and when you've got Matthew coming out, Matthew Kachuk coming out yep. and talking about that they're not even close, and that they've got uh, Rays back and et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, to come back with their positive and productive. Mm-hmm. Who are you believing? Well, listen, the Ottawa Senators only have about $24.5 million in cap space to work with to get mm-hmm. this Brady-Kachuk deal done. So, um, you know, these things are tough, Darren. They take time. There's a lot of back and forth. You have to figure out what's fair for both sides. And, you know, it's not like it's not like they're operating with uh, with a, an unlimited budget. They've only got $24 million to play with. I'm shocked that you still come out with positive and productive. I'm not. Come on, it's all PR, buddy. And I like you don't want to just give a player an extra two million to get them done when you've got cap space. Because if it, if you're any good in four years, you're going to need that cap space. So I I agree with with negotiating uh, hard on both sides mm-hmm. and coming to a, a fair deal. But not to, not so when he's not there. It's mm-hmm. not productive. It may be positive. No, it may be positive, well, but it's not productive. So, what would you what would you have liked them to say today? We're disappointed he's not here, and uh, we hope that uh, that we can get a deal at uh, as soon as possible. That's so you're that's going it. you're going full into putting the onus on the player now, well, or or on us. We're disappointed he's not in camp. That we couldn't get a deal done in in, in time for camp, and uh, we hope that we get one done as soon as possible. Positive and productive. Come on, this is uh, this marks actually three fairly high-profile RFA's that are not at the first day of camp. Mm-hmm. Just so we're aware. Who else? Kachuk, Pedersen, Quinn Hughes. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Take it. Uh, I was talking to somebody today. the The Vancouver thing is really dicey. Just because of the cap space, and then they have mm-hmm. Besser next year. Like it's, it's a t- for a t- out <laughs> for a team that's not there yet, and yeah. is probably on more people's not making the playoffs list than making the playoffs list. Mm-hmm. They're in a cap mess right now. Yes. Yeah, they are. They've got about ten-ish million dollars to get both Pedersen and Hughes signed, and then Besser next year. And they've got Besser next year. Um, yeah, yeah, they've got Besser next year. So good luck with like, that. This is what you're what you when you're uh, <laughs> a top five team year yeah. after year in your go go time, where you're tr- when, and you got to get your stars signed. That's when you're supposed to be in this, not now. 
And but the weird yeah, thing, like they got Connor Garland done right away. They they acquired him. They they acquired Oliver Ekman Larson. Like they they mm-hmm. put their money. And I love Connor Garland, one of my mm-hmm. favorite people yeah. to talk to to begin with. One of my favorite players to watch secondary uh, because he's just he he's talented and he's an agitator. I love him. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I'm not begrudging that contract, but. Like he like get get these other guys done. They've been part of your franchise. No, but come on, you had to get that big. You had to get that big offseason trade. Like Oliver Ekman Larson would only go to either Vancouver or Boston, and certainly, you know, if you're Jim Benning, you can't lose out on Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, you end up getting a really good player in in Connor Garland for it, but Ekman Larson at seven point two six million uh, versus getting. Quinn Hughes signed and, mm-hmm. and ready to go come training camp. I'd probably take Quinn Hughes signed over Oliver Ekman Larson. That's just me, though. Oliver Ekman Larson is uh, one of my uh, page turners from crusty old man Millard. Get off my driveway and, <laughs> and make sure you pick up your dog's poop uh, yeah. to cool guy. When when I first heard somebody no, call him no, OEL, no. No. I was oh, like, gosh, there's no again. way anybody around me is saying OEL. Like, mm-hmm. what... Not a chance. And now I call him OEL. I don't know when it, do. when it changed. Sounds like a television network. OEL? OEL. Like yeah. where you go out your gardening or whatever. <laughs> really? Just because of the outdoor life network? Like Why not? Yeah. OLN? Home garden. Is that, is that what you're comparing it O-E-L? to? OLN? Yeah. OEL. It's the it's the uh the gardening. But there was about five years ago where somebody uh that I used to work with would call him OEL. I'm like, that is you're just trying to be cool. And now I call him OEL. And I don't know whether it's because I'm trying to sound cool or I'm lazy. But you're just a poser. It might be because I'm lazy, though. That too. <laughs> a poser and lazy. And then Oliver Ekman Larson, there's more of a chance that I'm going to flub that than mm-hmm. just saying OEL. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon uh, is uh, done his press conference. We are going to uh, post... Uh, that on our show and uh, bring that to you in just a little bit. Plus, we have our Mount Rushmore of the 2021-2022 VGK. Chris Chapman's going to give us his first. Then we're going to laugh at it. <laughs> You're not going to laugh at it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, somebody asked me uh, what I, uh, how I dealt with you and the uh, in the pineapple shirt. Avocado. Yeah. But but this is the thing. Somebody actually asked me. What did you do, and how did you handle it with Chapman and the pineapple shirt? <laughs> so they they weren't close enough to you to see that it was avocado, but they were curious to see. They, and I didn't even talk to the person about it. They just know me and how conservative I am, and they know you <laughs> walking around with fruit on your shirt. And knew conservative. That I was Crotchety, crotchety go yeah, and they just knew I was going to be sour with it. There goes OEL with his avocado, <laughs> I, avocado shirt. shirt. I, I, I love, I love that earlier in the week, Darren's just like, I'm not old and crotchety. I don't, I'm, I don't subscribe to that. And now it's just like, yeah, I don't like people that wear fruit on their shirt. That's that. No, what it I is. don't mind. You can wear fruit in your shirt. You can pineapples, avocados. No, and, any, not, any day of the week, do it. I don't understand it. Not to yeah. work. I guess. Not to work. Yes, you, you can. Nope. He works inside stamp, stamp of the building. And, and on top of that, 
it like Chapman has to go into the locker room now and and face every single person that saw him at that event. If he doesn't, and you with know an what? Avocado shirt He'll on. Be okay. I'll have scissors mm-hmm. out. He's uh, worn worse take a break. into the locker room. Believe you, me. you should see what I wore to game uh, no. two in Winnipeg a couple years ago. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're representing. Get off wrong. my lawn and pick up that dog poop. Uh, when we continue, hour number two of the VGK Insider Show, we'll set it up for you. Mount Rushmore. It's the VGK edition on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Just going through Twitter. Oh, a little Bon Jovi. Nice. Well done. Uh, Going through Twitter, seeing uh, the various submissions for the VGK Mount Rushmore 2021-22 edition. Some consistencies when you take out all the, mm-hmm. the like, out-of-left-field ones. <laughs> sure. But there is, there's there's a lot of consistencies. Uh, some people not lobbing in there all time. Yeah, but uh, this, is for, this is for this year only. And, hmm. I'm not I'm not the same as a, as a, as a lot of people, but uh, I'm a little surprised at one omission, and we'll get into that uh, in a little bit. There, Ryan Wallace. One omission. Ah, that's interesting. I I'm looking forward to seeing where you're going with this, Darren. I'm looking forward to your Mount Rushmore, but I think we're all really, really looking forward to how many times Chris Chapman can say William Carlson in the next segment. William Carlson, Mount Rushmore, all I'm not too four faces. Poking the bear. Nope. Uh, that's when we continue. <laughs> Hour number two, plus <laughs> Kelly McCrimmon, his pre-training camp media session. We'll tell you what he had to say. You'll hear from him a, a little bit as well on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.